Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, we're back with another episode of Playing with Squirrels. Uh, This week we're talking about Season 2, Episode 17, On the Air, which debuted on February 10th, 1995. Uh, I am joined once again uh, with my good, good friend Crispy, who you might remember from at least one episode in Season 1, and earlier in this season we talked about the newspaper-inspired episode Notorious. So, of course, we're going to sit down and also talk about the radio station episode of Season oh. 2 of Boy Meets World. <laughs> no, I was paying attention. Don't worry. Uh, the radio station episode of Boy Meets World uh, on the air. So, we already kind of went through your, your resume of my, qualifications. My, my pedigree. <laughs> do you... So, this is the one thing I didn't know particularly. I know you do the newspaper. I know you do the broadcast stuff, which is for our high school experiences was film right. does your high school have a radio station we do not no okay. I mean, we have a tv studio uh you know it's similar to our high school uh the way that was set up so we we never had radio um i don't have any radio experience really um other than doing this podcast and um some podcasts we've done on dork daily um why are you here <laughs> <laughs> i have uh, a radio show I have a radio host doing an episode of this that I could have pulled on for this episode. Hey, I, I don't schedule these things. So, this is true. Uh, this is my fuck I apologize. No, everybody. that's okay. I thought I had the most qualified person for this episode. Turns out I was wrong. Well, you know, it's, but scheduler's we, not very qualified either. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'll fire them. Fire, yes. <laughs> uh, so this episode kicks off. We got George Feeney running the school radio station. Good laughs right out the front. I have like four different quotes from him just from the the early parts of this episode. Uh, he it, uh, introduces Alvin Mias, I think his name is, um, as his wacky side <laughs> side kick. He introduces himself and he just goes, "That's enough, Alvin. No one likes a Mike Hogg." <laughs> um, and then the sweet sounds of Michael Bolton, followed by one of my favorites as a child, Mister Perry Como. <laughs> Uh, it's fantastic. It's a great Feeney's out of touch moment on I, the show. I laughed at uh, he's he says later like here's something that you you kids will like Menudo, yeah. and I I have a personal connection to that because my family knew Menudo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they knew Ricky Martin when he was like we high. Wait for, yeah, real? for real? I never knew. Th- I mean. Yeah, I just I, I I mean I could have assumed, but that would have been very racist of me. <laughs> my my grandparents it was more my grandparents. Okay, uh, so when I, I I never met Menudo, but um, my aunt was very very into them. So in the early eighties, um, my 
grandparents would like set up events for them to come perform, you know, in the area. And so we, I, for a long time for Christmas, we always got like Menudo dolls, <laughs> you know, which is really funny uh, looking back at it now. But, um, but yeah, no, they knew Ricky. They, my, my, uh, my Nana gave uh, Ricky a jacket that she made. So it's, it's a weird thing connection that i have very strange yeah. you're a strange man um how i mean we were in high school together during the ricky martin boom i don't understand how this never came up i don't know because it because you could have gotten laid <laughs> ricky martin owns a piece of clothing for my family um yeah i it just i was like i was once removed from it so yeah. it wasn't like my immediate family dude I'm, um, I'm like four times removed from things that i'll take credit for if it gets me in with somebody else yeah, well, <clears throat> <laughs> I shouldn't have admit that on the air. <laughs> yeah, good. I'm real, really ruining my credibility. Okay, you could you could edit this. No, I'm not gonna. Yeah. But <laughs> good call. Uh, so the radio stations, the A plot of this episode, the B plot is Eric needing money. Mm. Uh, there's a great line uh, again. Morgan just killing it. Um. So. <laughs> Uh, Alan asks, what happened to your allowance? And Morgan just goes, he blew it on babes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I mean, young Morgan was so, definitely the funniest. So funny. So yeah. snarky. Yeah. Um, and I got to tell you, I was having some flashbacks when uh, Sean and Corey are struggling to get an interview out of the, the one girl. <laughs> he goes... Huh, doing a uh, fundraiser for the dance. I bet that's exciting. She's like, nah, we just ran out of money. <laughs> like, I've done those interviews in my early podcasting days. We're just like, please give me anything. <laughs> like, I have been involved in interviews like that. And really what kind of, you know, no, I don't teach radio. But the idea of putting on a program that's interesting to students, that's what I do every day. Yeah. Um, And so when... I teach a class where we produce a show every week yeah. uh, in the studio that they come up with. They come up, they have different segments. Um, it's called the midday show because that's, that's when we put it on the air. Um, we have the morning shows, the morning announcements. Um, and I tell them that, you know, make something that you would like to watch even if you weren't in this class. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's how you appeal. And kind of seeing Corey and Sean try to find that appeal where it's, um, you know, first it's very, very boring, and then it's kind of very, very inappropriate, and then they, you know, in the end, it's it's you know, on authenticity, honesty. That's really what gets people interested, and that's, that's and we'll true come today. back. We'll come back to that because I have a lot of feelings about that ending. Scene. Oh, okay, all right. Um, but no, I, I love their arc. Um, one of my favorite podcasts, The Flop House. Whenever they do a live episode, they open the floor up to questions, and uh, the one co-host always says. All right, before you walk up to the mic, I need you all to do something and think. Before you ask this question, if I was sitting in the audience and someone else was asking this question, would I care? <laughs> if the yeah. answer is no, sit your ass back down because we can only take so many questions. It's a great place to start, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Uh, so one of the ru- like running jokes in this particular episode is Ludwig and the German <laughs> Hour. Yeah. Every time makes me laugh when they bring him up, especially though the first phone call that they talk where he says something about strudel in the Philadelphia. My the line that got me is when I I can't do the accent, yeah. but he says, "You may call up with your requests. I don't take them." Yeah, I have that line written down too. Oh, it's such a good line. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So I want to talk about I'm going to I'm going to bring this back to personal our high school experience and I I feel bad cuz I don't think that you were actually part of this high school experience but I think you were in the school while it was happening which was uh the TV studio that I was a part of and did the morning announcements with had won the opportunity for the local country radio station to do uh-huh. their morning show in our studio uh, so we all had to show up in school super early to get things set up. And then they could not get a signal to go out through the walls of the school to hit their station. So they backed out and left. Yeah. But we had all signed, gotten these pieces of paper signed saying, hey, we're going to have a, this radio station. This is big for our school. Um, you know, we have to we have to be out of all of our classes for the day. So what we decided to do on the fly was... We luckily we filmed them in the studio and packing up, so we had evidence that we weren't lying about them <laughs> supposed to be there. Yeah, we did our morning announcements, and at the morning announcements, we were just like, "Yo, we're turning the studio into a radio station for the day. Anybody who wants to come and talk, come on down. We'll do interviews. We'll play play live music, whatever." And we basically ran a radio station out of the TV studio for the entire day. And a, it was one of the most fun days of my entire life. But B, when I tell this story to people, a lot of people don't believe me, and I'm hoping that you can justify that mm-hmm. I'm not lying about this. The school got very involved with this concept. Like, it wasn't – like, it was just the eight studio nerds sitting in the studio mm-hmm. just throwing shit on the wall and hoping that it worked. Teachers were, like, sending students down, like, go on down there. Go do this <laughs> thing. Promote this dance. Like, Well, that was one of two times I was on the show. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do remember that very well. That was a really fun day. And I, I know I went on and I believe I was interviewed for the movie I was doing at the time. Yeah. Oh, Christian. Yeah, Christian. Yeah. She won't get into that, but that was, it was a really cool experience. And I, I mean, I, I you called it like some kind of takeover. Yeah. We were, it was the, it was the stu- TV studio TV takeover. Studio takeover. It, it was cool. And I mean, yeah, there was, it was very busy down there. Um, I recall. Yeah. So. There was never dead time. Yeah. I remember it, the big thing was I was in charge. I didn't do any of the interviews. I didn't go in front of the camera. I was in charge of making sure that things just kept moving. Yeah. So, like, I had music queued up, and we had, like, all these title cards set up. So, like, once an interview, like, once we had seen that an interview had run its course, we'd give them the wrap-up sign, and they'd be like, all right, we're going to go to some music until the next interview. And then, you know, we'd hit the music, and then we'd run into the studio and start being like, okay, get this guitar out. Get this thing out. Test the mics. And, like, we would test everything, play two or three songs, and then bring the next... You know, bring the cameras back on for the next segment. And it was so much fun. And I think that that gave me the... Unknowingly, I didn't know what the fuck podcasting was, but it (laughs) definitely gave me the bug for what became podcasting, I think. I I think there's nothing quite like doing something live. Yeah. Um, And that's why I I know all the... It's actually very sad that the school we went to... They don't do the morning announcements anymore. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm so grateful that I have the support of my school that they they support doing the morning announcements, doing them live, and just I I have a lot of backing from my administration, which I know is not always the case in every yeah. school. Well, especially because I mean, not to this is nothing against your your school or any schools, mm-hmm. but when when we were doing it, Sun Valley, it was a not the norm for schools to have that program to begin with. And B, it was not the norm for those high schools to be as, like, knowledgeable about how this works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, we were beating out colleges and film festivals and stuff. Like That's it awesome. Was, 
it was unreal for yeah. and like it was one of those lightning in a bottle things i'm actually you know it, it's something that makes me really happy but it also makes me really sad because like you said it's gone yeah like yeah. and and no one you know it's one of those things where you do so much and you feel like you're really leaving a legacy somewhere and you know that legacy just gets thrown in the trash and and torn down and everything's sold and thrown away a couple of years later. Yeah, I mean, I I can't. I know I can't understand it from your perspective because you were you were in a different position than I yeah. was. But um, I I think I felt that way because I was almost up for that job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, years ago, and I I was I was very very upset when I didn't get it, uh, and then when I got the job where I'm currently at. Um, I realized that, you know, a legacy is not about a building or, or it is like it's it's a spirit. And I, I certainly I feel like the spirit of that is alive and well where I am. Yeah. Um, and I and I think that it carries through. I mean, there's a lot of people that were part of that studio that continue mm-hmm. to do things that they learned from being in that studio. Uh, I knew this was going to be a deep, heavy, long episode. <laughs> so sorry. Sorry for the people who love this podcast because it's about 10 to 15 minutes long. Um, so Corey and Sean, realizing they have a very boring show, start to do Lunch Hour Lust, uh, which is basically just like a... Like a um, it was like Tinder back then, right? Not t- I was going to say it was like... Um, what the fuck was the name of the show? It was a radio... Love Line. They Love basically Line, do yeah. Love Line on the air. Uh, and then there's the scene where a bunch of girls wander in the studio and say, can we talk to boys too? Uh, which is so unrealistic, but that's fantastic. Uh, it, it, it is funny to see the, the evolution of how female characters are written back oh, then. Oh, yeah, I mean, just Jesus. It's night and day. They're just thirsty all the time. Well, they're, these... they're, they're plot devices, yeah. you know, essentially. And it's it, it just really makes you... You can't change it back then, but it is intriguing. Yeah. Um, how far we've come in that regard. So there's a Sean quote that comes up because Feeney gets frustrated. He pulls the cord on their radio show, bans them from the radio, and then they start talking about the Bill of Rights. <laughs> and yes. Sean says, he's just being a hypochondriac about this. <laughs> <laughs> I love, it's a joke that they use multiple times on this show, but I never, it never stops being funny when people use the wrong word. <laughs> um, but this is, we jump back to the Eric plotline for a little bit, and that's when I realized, oh, this is one of the dumb Eric episodes. Yes, I, this is kind of when it starts because he, and it's funny because even his dad says uh, when he thinks he's won all that money, oh, now you can we can afford that brain operation. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, uh, it's it's bad. He's super dumb in this episode. Yes. Uh, but they have Robin Leach. They almost well, he came so close. Uh, spoiler alert I, for the final scene. I, I had forgotten about that whole thing yeah, in the, the '90s. And when I like, oh yeah, oh, we used to have it all the time. Robin Leach. I just wrote, oh Robin Leach. Like, there's something that's so classy about him in a weird, fucked up way. I had forgot. I forgot his name. And yeah. Then, oh, I never I, forgot the name Robin yeah. Leach. Um, so there's this really weird joke. In this episode, is it, is, it, is it? I wonder if it's the one I'm looking at right now. Is it, if it's about Mr. Turner's aunt? Yes, <laughs> it's a really surreal. So Mr. Turner goes and tries to convince Feeney that he needs to give Eric and Sh- Eric and Sean, Corey and Sean, another chance. And um, Feeney calls him a hippie, and he goes, "My aunt Ruthie was a hippie." <laughs> and then Mr. Feeney goes, "Was your aunt Ruthie at Woodstock?" And he goes, "No." And he goes, "Huh." Must have been a different <laughs> Ruthie Turner. Like, Feeny, you dog. Yeah, it's like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, uh, but I will say, so Eric, so so Sean and, and Corey do a pirate radio station instead. 
and they uh, advise everyone to start dancing in the hallways, and it is so amazingly awkward. It is some of the worst extra dancing I've ever seen. In I my wasn't life. really paying attention to that. I was oh, more... you need to rewatch it. It's pretty fucking bad. Yeah, I was more looking at, at Turner and Feeney's reaction. <laughs> um, but the thing with that, uh, oh, I, I love with the the Bill of Rights thing where Mr. Feeney's like, oh, next week we're gonna be studying. The Bill of Rights, so dear. And he just he just knows it's coming. Um, and there's there's a lot of moments in here I, I, I relate to where uh, he uh, Turner's trying to get the get the boys back on the air, and he says, you know, what if they have adult supervision? Who would be the adult? It's like you're looking at him, and yeah. I. I I feel that way sometimes. Yeah, where I'm we're like, like we're firmly in our thirties. We are like yeah. we're firmly at the age where when we were in high school, we were adults. Yes, like, like it wasn't like oh, that's like a you know that's a like we are definitively adults. As as much as it pains me to say it, we absolutely <laughs> are, and it's it's very surreal. It's 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 like uh, it's like just being on the other side watching, like you're. You're that Marty that got back ten minutes early, and you're watching yourself. Yeah, you know. So I knew you were going to find a way to bring it to Back to the Future. Of course, deep of course in my I heart, am. I'm like, you made a time travel comment on the last time you were on the show. <laughs> I just kept waiting for it to to really go there. Uh, so there's this great moment of Sean, where Sean also becomes fairly dumb. Actually, no, him and Eric reverse roles basically. Sean's pretty dumb in the beginning and then becomes the suave ladies man later on. Uh, and this is just a prime, like, young, dumb Sean. Because they're hiding somewhere. Feeney can't figure <laughs> out where. And Corey says, hey, where are the CDs? And Sean says, oh, they're behind the janitor's bucket. Yeah. Which immediately tips Feeney <laughs> off. And then Feeney opens the door and Sean says, don't move and maybe he won't see us. Which is clearly a jo- Jurassic, Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park, which came out two years earlier. Yeah. I uh, think it was even a... Oh, no, this is 95. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely a reference to, to the uh, T-Rex. But And I, re- I remember shit, that, that scene because they, they replayed that a lot for the ads. For multiple the times. And this was in like multiple flashback episodes and yeah. everything. Is that, that always made me laugh. Uh, the other funny Sean thing is is when uh, when Turner is kind of asking them to explain themselves, um, and they, they don't know that they're on air, and he's like, pretend I'm stupid, and Sean goes, we went on <laughs> the radio, and it, that also made me laugh harder than I should have. So the ending of this episode reminds me a lot of the movie Pump Up the Volume, which is a movie that I've loved since probably college. I think I saw it, no, I actually saw it in high school. I love Pump Up the Volume, which is about a pirate radio station DJ, and he connects with all of his other students, uh, classmates, none of them who know who he really is, but all he does is get on the air and talk honestly about what bothers him in high school, and, mm-hmm. and there's that connection. And you know, Mr. Turner says, you just have to be honest. And you know, I, I think, for me, I really do connect with that, because you know, you've known me most of my life at this mm-hmm. point. You're one of the longest running friends in my life. And I think you've even seen the evolution of Matt, who was putting on a character of who he thought Matt Kelly needed to be, especially in my podcasting career. So much of the podcast was like my, my personality cranked up a little bit. And like so much of my attitude on social media was always that. And in the last couple of years, I just got sick of wearing the mask and start it to just be like, this is who I am, honestly. I'm insecure. I'm depressed. I, you know, struggle with self-esteem. And in doing that, I feel like 
I've seen an audience grow for the podcast. I've seen people reaching out more and saying, I feel the same way. Like I thought I was alone in these feelings. And I feel like this episode just does such a beautiful way of capturing like, you want to be cool. You want to be noticed. Be yourself. Mm -hmm. Be the most genuine you that you can be. And people are going to be like, that's someone who is no bullshit. And And I've had, you know, I was talking to a friend about this, but I've had multiple situations where I go out for the Horror Movie Night podcast and I'm interviewing directors and I'm interviewing writers and I'm interviewing actresses. And you've done the same thing that mm-hmm. I've done in certain accounts. So you can testify that the the amount of times that those people reach out to you afterwards and like add you on Facebook and yeah. follow you on Instagram, rare. That doesn't happen that often. Mm-hmm. That happens at least 50% of the time for me. Mm-hmm. And I asked one of them why and they're like, I trust you. Like, you mm-hmm. gave off, a, as soon as I met you, I'm like, this dude is, when he says that he loves something, he genuinely loves it. And if he doesn't like something, he will find the nicest way to tell you. And, you know, I was talking to a coworker about that, and she said, no, I agree. She goes, I think that every time that I've met you, I knew you were giving me your most honest perspective on it. And I love that, I, I wish that I had paid attention to this episode in high school when I watch it, because I feel like... You know, there's a lot of times that you step back, and I'm sure you do the same thing, where you're like, man, if I could just take the confidence and the and the, the lack of insecurity that I have now and just give that to 16-year-old me, it would have been a completely different life. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I mean, not even just high school, but 20s as well. Yeah, <laughs> because the only – I realized later, the only person who didn't think I was cool was me. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Like it, and maybe me too, but no, I'm just kidding. No, but you know what I mean? Like, you have that realization of like – yeah. Oh shit! Like I didn't talk to people, and I avoided people because I was so afraid they'd make fun of me. And now, like, now I have these really cool friendships through through Facebook Messenger that I could have been having when I was sixteen and seventeen and building a real relationship with a person. Well, you know, I had a moment like that when yeah. uh, we went. To, well, I you I went, went to the reunion. I went to the reunion, and I don't know if I've talked about this on here before, but um, I wound up talking to people that I did not talk to in high school. And I, I honestly, at the time, I didn't think they were interested in talking to me. Yeah. And so I just kind of be, kind of stayed in my bubble and, you know, hanging out with these folks for several hours. I'm like, these are really cool people. Like, yeah. I wish I wish I had gotten to know you in high school and I'm grateful for the opportunity now and Facebook affords us that now, which is yeah. great. But, um, you know, we, I think we spent so much time, I speak for myself here, but um, I spent so much time like seeing myself as like an outcast that I... I think I avoided friendship in a lot of ways. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think that there's any high schoolers that listen to this podcast. (laughs) But if there are, I'm telling you, you're cooler than you think you Uh, are. And you need to step out of your boundaries just a little bit. And the rewards of it will be insurmountable. Authenticity is cool. Yep. Uh, And then there's just one last joke that that gets a good punch in there uh, where their their phone lines light up because they've been honest. And Mr. Feeney calls in and he (laughs) says, first time, long time or something like that. And he goes, I just would like to know, uh, what do you think is the appropriate punishment for these boys? And Mr. Turner goes, oh, about a week detention. He goes, oh, I'm sorry, my phone's breaking up. I can't hear you. And he goes, oh, a month's detention. Uh, and he goes, ah, oh, got you loud and clear that time. <laughs> and Corey and Sean go, well, that's just one man's opinion. And they go to the phones and Eric just goes, lock them up and throw away the key. <laughs> you can always count on Eric for one last punch. Oh, line. God, it got me so good. 
but if, unless there's other things, let's promote real quick the Dork Daily. Yes, check out dorkdaily.com. Daily content, uh, usually movie reviews, um, different things going on in pop culture, whether it's movies, TV shows, video games. We try to cover it all, so check it out. All right, and we'll be back with another episode. And I'll see you for the next time they yeah. talk about broadcasting. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be back for season three. Yeah.